Morning, church. I've been, uh, the Lord really spoke to me this morning. I just wanted to, uh, I didn't know where to place this, um, and, and he just kind of laid it some heart to share this right now. It, it, I had no idea what Chase was going to sing today, um, and, and I love how God uh, just places the right things at the right time. Amen? Amen. This morning, we have a service at 10 o'clock, a little small service for everybody that's serving so that they don't miss out, and this, it don't last but just a little bit. Um, some of you probably wish you could attend that one, but uh, anyway, it... Um, I took my little boy, and I took him to the back because he talks a lot, and uh, I was walking him back and forth, and usually the whole time, he's just jabbering, 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 hollering. Well, so the moment the music started playing, he did something very unusual he hadn't ever done before. He reached around my neck, and he laid his head on my shoulder, and he did not move the entire song. Didn't make a noise, didn't make a pee, didn't do nothing. And I was thinking that was weird for a minute, and then God began to really spoke to me. He's like, Jeremy, this is how I want you to be with me. I want you to be in a place where you're totally secure in me, to where you can lay your head, lay your burdens down on me every day, and you can walk in that peace, walk, not worrying about anything else going on, but just knowing that I got you, that I love you, and that I'm here for you. And in that moment that God I spoke that to me, I was sitting there singing, and there's a lot of people here that you don't, you don't have that peace. You don't have that. You don't have that. We sang that song about because he lives, and you've been you sang it because it, it was really you sung it since you were a kid. But did that really penetrate your heart? Because it did mine. I can rest in security and peace, and knowing because he lives, I can face tomorrow. I can look at things a different way. I can I can pursue God in a bold way because I know I serve a bold God. This got me. Amen. And we exist at Connection, so we want you to be in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, not just a Sunday morning churchgoer. And the only way you're going to experience God in that way is that you walk with him every single day. The reason my son felt that secure is because he sees me every day. Not as much as I like, but he sees me every day. Does God see you every day? Do you spend time with God every day? I want you into an intimate relationship with God. And that's the only way that you're going to feel that peace, that security. And all of us in this room, I bet, even, even the toughest man up in here, you can say, I want that. Because we, we, we desire to be loved. We desire to be wanted. We desire to have that peace. And if you don't have that peace, a lot of times you don't have that walk with God. So that's free this morning before I even started my message. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to get started. But I want to share, I just, I just want to give you all a time to really reflect on this past week. I'm going to be quiet for a minute, uh, and, then, and then I'm going to pray. So y'all just, I'll just clear your mind for just a minute. Let's focus on God. Lord, we come to you today thanking you, Lord. And Lord, often silence makes us uncomfortable. But God, your word says that to be, to be still and know that I am the Lord your God. Often we feel like we have to be doing so much 
to know that you're God, but you just want us to, to rest in you. So God, today I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would enable us to hear you for the first time, that you enable us to hear your voice, that God, that you would open our eyes to the reality of the religion we've been following, but we don't know the God it represents. So while I pray today, you would take our blinders off, that God, you would speak into our hearts in such a powerful way, God, that we're forever more changed. And that, God, we walk through this life victorious because you live, Lord Jesus. So, God, speak to us today. Change us today. Enable us, Lord, to walk this out as only you can do. So, Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, if you will, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to be still talking about King David. Who's enjoyed this series so far? All right, five people. Amen? All right. <laughs> Talking about how to deal with life through, through the eyes of faith, but also being scared to death. Everything I've ever done that God's called me to do, I've had, I had that, that time to where, all right, Jeremy, do you trust God? Do you trust me? Do you tr-? I have that time a lot of Sundays. I'll be praying for God to give me a message, and I won't have nothing. Or either I'll have something to take me throw my notes away. It's like, Jeremy, do you trust me? There, and, and there's always that time to where we all have to, if you're truly following Jesus, you have to make that decision. All right, am I going to trust God or am I going to trust me? Am I going to say God is in control or am I going to remain in control? And as we're walking through this series, trying to make people realize, and I want you to realize that, that we're not in control, are we? We may think we are, but we're not. But God wants us to have a relationship with him like no other. And the only way that, that a lot of us are going to they're going to really experience that is for us to see things through God's eyes. Amen? And one of the things that God's been speaking to me this past week is one of the major problems that so many people that are following Christ, the reason they're still stagnant, they're not moving, they're, they've been going to church their whole life, but there's not really a lot of change is because they don't really have a, they can't see themselves. They don't have a vision for their life. If they don't, if they don't desire, if they don't, if they don't involve money, cars, and homes, most people they focused on those things, but as far as, and how to get those things, but how do you get a closer relationship with God? Is that on your radar? It may be, but it's way down there. If it was on number one, it would change the way we do things. And, and, and as we've been reading the story of David and Goliath, you know, that I'm going to paraphrase a lot of the story, but here you go, is, is the Israel has been, has been, they've been at battle with the Philistines, and they've been getting... Uh, really just insulted for 40 days because they see this big giant. They're scared to death to, to confront it. They're scared to death to go over it. They don't feel like they can do it because they've forgotten the God they serve. A lot of us live our life that way. And so what happened is they get to this place. David shows up, a little old teenager, a little cocky teenager, but he's got faith in God. He's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who's this jerk over here trying to deny my God? That's pretty much what he said. That's in Jeremy Lindsay's translation there, if y'all want to know that. And, and, he, and he's like, who is this? And they was like, well, he's a Philistine. He's a giant. Look how big he is. David's like, look, ain't nothing, no big, ain't nothing bigger than, than my God. So he's nothing. He might be big in our eyes, but he's nothing to the God that created this world. And he's looking at that giant and through God's eyes. Why did he have God's eyes? Because he knew what God had done in his life before. And he had faith in how big God was. So David rolls up on the scene. He, he, his brother tries to tell him he can't do it. He pretty much tells him, talk to the hand. He keeps on going. He, he goes up to the, 
to the, uh, they finally send him up to the king. And the king is trying to talk him out of it. And that's where we'll be right here. David begins to tell Saul in verse 37. He tells him all what God had done for him in verse 37. He says, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. And then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put his coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried to walk around. Because he was not used to them, he said, I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took in his staff, his hand in his hand. I can't even read this one at home. Verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, and put them in a pouch in his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. So he, has, he put all his armor on, and then he says, I, I can't go like this. And he runs off on what he knew. Everybody else is like, that's crazy. That's not how you fight. That's not how you fight. Everybody else fights with a sword and armor on, and David goes out there with a shepherd's stick and some rocks. That don't make sense, does it? See, but I've realized oftentimes when I'm walking with God, he makes me do things that don't make sense to everybody else. That's a good clue that you're walking in the direction God wants you to go in. But, but the thing is, David had vision. He could see life, he could see a better future for Israel that everybody else couldn't see because they were so scared to death by their circumstances right then. Because David was looking at things through God's perspective. He seen nothing was to be seen. The problem with most of us is we have no vision for our life. And what, So you begin to think, what is vision? What is vision? Vision is the act of seeing, right? It's, it's, we all need vision to be able to get around and go where we need to go. And, and see, and vision allows me to see what is to be or what can be. So do you have a vision for your life with God? A lot of us just say we make a commitment, and then we just try to, it's kind of like we get in a boat in the middle of, of the lake, and we're just kind of floating around. We're just kind of floating around. We don't have a clue where we're going. We don't know where we're headed. We just know we're in the boat, and we're proud to be in the boat. And y'all like that? And y'all just proud to be walking with Jesus? Y'all just, y'all just glad y'all on the boat. Y'all glad y'all going to heaven. Y'all, that's all you, but you ain't worried about what God wants you to do for him, the purpose in which he saved you on this earth. God has a purpose for you. In order to, to get that purpose, you have to have God's vision. But a lot of us are like Saul. See, Saul, he was looking at things like they've always been doing. See, some of y'all ain't going to amen me on this one because this is how we all are. Uh-uh, it ain't how we always done it. How many times you heard that? It wasn't done this way. That ain't how grandma did it. Come on now. And that's the thing. We put, see, David, well, to Saul's whole thing, he's like, all right, here's how it's always been done. You put this armor on and you go fight. That's what Saul thought. You know, and, and David saw his unique experiences. He knew what God had gifted him with. and He seen a way to fight in a way that was different than everybody else that kept failing. But yet he said, you know what? God's gave me this gift and I'm going to pursue it this way and I see victory in the crosshairs. A lot of you, there's things in your life that you don't see victory of because you keep trying to 
get over it in the same way you've always have. Sometimes there's things in our life, prayer is the most essential thing that we can do, amen, as Christians. But sometimes we have to put our, faith, our prayer to action. So a lot of times you hadn't seen your prayers come to fruition because you hadn't acted on it. You've been praying, 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 but you hadn't took that step of faith and God telling you to go do that. I was reminded of that last week. There's a guy who works with me. I was telling my connect group, this little kid, he's 19 years old, and, and he just convicted me. We, we ride, and I said, Lord, give me opportunities to share our faith with people today. So we get on the street, and we're walking down the street, and we're surveying this, this road in the middle of Baxley, and uh, all of a sudden, I, I miss my little my, my working buddy. Where you at? Look around. He's walking down the street with a guy sharing, sharing Jesus with him. I'm like, man, I'm paying you. You better get back over here, you know? And, and he, so he gets back where I'm at, and I was like, dude, what you doing? He's like, man, I don't know. Just, I felt like we need to share the gospel with him. I was like, well, <laughs> okay, well, let, let's go to work. Let's go to work. So what in five minutes? I looked around. He's gone again. And I, I, got, I found myself getting aggravated, agitated. And I said, I said, man, what are you doing? He was like, well, didn't we pray this morning that God will give us opportunities to pray? I was like, okay, all right, I got you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fine. And I was getting aggravated. And finally, I said, you know what, Lord? If I got to pay this boy all day long to witness, then fine. I'll just work. Just let me work. But what happened was, is I was allowed, I, I, I allowed work to get in the way. How many times we think, and I thought work was the most important thing of that day. But if one of them people would have came to know Jesus, work could have waited. Because work, in my mind, is that's what's number one a lot of times. I get on the job side, I'm focused and Brian is not. <laughs> but we get on these job sites, and, and, and he's really, God's using this kid to really remind me of the faithfulness of God. But see, so many times we look at that ain't how the way things always have been, how they should be. A lot of us are trapped by that. And a lot of us have, it's kind of like a generational curse a lot of times. We see things the way things have always been, so we think it's always been that way. One thing that's really burdened my heart for in our county, in our community, is racism. Racism is like a generational curse. That's how it's always been. You know, we're supposed to be separated. It's supposed to be that way. That makes me mad inside because when I met Jesus, guess what? I stopped seeing a difference in people in their exterior and started seeing their heart. That's what Jesus does. And for us to say we love Jesus, but yet we want to love them over there, that ain't loving Jesus. And so the only way, the only way that's going to change is we have to get God's eyes and say, Lord, let me see people the way you see people. Because when we start seeing people through the eyes of Jesus, we start seeing people's hearts, we start seeing that, that, that means more to him than anything. And we'll stop settling for less because let me tell you, when you start getting, I, I went to Daniel Grove, and that, that church is like my home away from home. The people at Daniel Grove make me feel, uh, Pastor Eric and, and the people there make me feel like I've always been there. You know what? I was there last week. I was the only white person in there. You know what? That didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Because they didn't see this. They saw this. You know what he told me? He said, thank you for loving us enough to come worship with us. See, the only way we're going to break those chains, the only way we're going to break those bonds that, that, that Satan has on us is us to realize, you know what? The way things was done is being jacked up. Right? And I'm not going to settle for that again. I know God's called me to something better. I know God's called me to something 
closer to him, and I want that for my life. So I'm going to walk away from that, and I'm going to pursue God. But see, if you continue to say, you know what, that's how it's always been. You're settling for less than, you always, than, than what God wants for your life because you missed the blessing of fellowshipping with people that love God. And there's a big newsflash for a lot of us. When we get to heaven, there's not going to be a segregated section. There's not going to be a Baptist section either or Pentecostal. That's why we're non-denominational. That's what I'm saying. There's not going to be any of that. We're going to be serving God. When I get to heaven, let me tell you something. I am, I'm going to be sitting there shouting to Jesus, and I don't care what color you are or what, what your preference was while you were on earth as far as religion, as far as denomination, because I'm going to be focused on the king. See, if we focus on the king, all the other stuff don't matter, does it? But it's all about your vision. It's all about what you're looking at. If you're focused on God, then none of that stuff matters because you want him to be pleased with you. See, Saul was looking at things through his own eyes, seeing what kills a church and what kills your faithfulness is saying that this is how it's always been done. And I hope today is the day that you slay that in your heart. You know, you know what, God? I know the way that it's always been done. I know that when you go to church, you ain't supposed to raise your hand. Some of y'all need to slay that, I won't tell you. But, you know, because, oh, super spiritually, raise your hand. Let me tell you, when you're thinking about God, you're singing to the King of kings, Lord of lords, that's giving you breath. Man, it's a wonder I'm not cutting backflips up there. If I could, I would, I won't tell you. But y'all need to be excited about that. But see, we won't do that because Grandma said that you can't do that. That when you, you know, that, that, that ain't right. Grandma might have been a very reserved person. You all jacked up at the Georgia game. If you can't serve Jesus and raise your hand, and you can raise him at the Atlanta Braves, or come on, I'm stepping on some toes. I know I am. We can praise Jesus, and we need to break those things. But the only way you break those things, you got to have eyes to please God. See, David saw his unique gifting and how he was, how God made him, and he realized that he didn't fit in that mold that Saul was trying to put him on, put him in. See, vision gives us a better future and helps us execute the steps necessary to, to get there. See, a lot of us do a lot of dreaming. You know the difference between a dream and a vision? Is a dream is something so big that you can't, that you can't even get to, and a vision helps you get to that dream. Amen? Vision gives you steps. If, if, uh, if somebody said, you know what, if you can just come up with the money, this, this house you've always wanted, House you've always wanted. It's yours. If you can just come up with the money. Let me tell you something. You have the vision in a hurry to figure out how you, how you can make that happen to get that house. See, the problem with vision, it all starts with desire. The things you desire, if you desire to have a closer relationship with God, then you will, in your mind, envision anything and everything you can do to get there. But a lot of reasons we settle for less than what God wants out of your life. And the reason you settle for knowing God less is because you lack the vision in which to get there. What's it going to take? See, without vision, you get stuck. We, we get stuck. How many of you have been stuck right where you are? You're stuck right there. I, I, I'm, sometimes I pray for God to give me uh, his mind so I know what he's thinking. And he just laughs at me because I knew I couldn't handle that. But I, I, I pray so many times. I'm like, God, I want to know you more. God, let me know you more. God, God, take this away. Show me this. And I write, my, my, I write out my, my prayers a lot of times in my prayer journal. I go back and read it, and I'm like, 
Man, that's the wonder of God. I imagine God standing there going, boy, do you even know what you're doing? Because I'm all over the place some days. Because I just so desire to see God move. Not just in you, but in me. And when we're hungry for that, it's like, God, do whatever you want me to do. God, show me what you want me to show me. See, some of you have been dreaming for a better future. Some of you have been dreaming for, di- for a different life. Some of you have been dreaming for so long for a change in your family, for your work, something. You've been dreaming for that, but you're not, you haven't been praying for God to give you those steps, for God to show you what's next. So we're just standing on the shore waiting on the ship to come in, and we don't know when it's coming in. We've got to be praying and seeking God. Amen? See, how can I know my vision? How can I know, how can I get a vision for God? Number one is that it aligns with Scripture. It aligns, what God's telling you to do, it aligns with Scripture. The second thing is it draws you closer to God. He's not going to tell you to do something that's going to draw you away from Him. The third thing is that it draws you closer to God's people. See, that's what we miss out. We want to be our long, we want to be the long ranger. We want to go do things on our own. When it's like, you know, when God's giving you a true vision of getting closer to him, what happens is it draws you closer to God's people, not away from them. The fourth thing is it draws people closer to God, elevating Jesus. So whatever God's placed in you to do, whatever you're doing for the kingdom, it's going to make Jesus look great because our whole existence is to glorify God. And then the last thing, fifth, is it advances the kingdom. It gives glory to God. Look at, look, at, look at how Joshua, God gave Joshua a vision and said, look, I'm going to send you in this land and you're going to capture all these people, but don't worry, I'm going to be with you. Gideon, same thing. God's not going to send you without making sure that he's got you. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? Y'all with me? See, Vision tells us where we're going. Proverbs 29, 18. Turn that for me. There, Russ. Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is no revelation or vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. So if we don't have, we don't know where we're going. We don't know when to stop. We don't know when to start. So you don't don't know what to do. See, God's given vision in our lives See, if we don't have vision for your life, you won't know what you're aiming at. You won't know anything. You won't know where you're going. I think the funniest thing that, uh, not one of the funniest, but it is funny. Me and Serena, we've been married for 14 years. And, and uh, I didn't tell you about this, so I'll go ahead and warn you. Uh, anyway, we've been married 14 years, and, and Sabrina's eyesight began to get bad, get worse. I, she didn't know it. I didn't know it. We was riding one day, and I was like, Oh, okay, we're going down this road. And she was like, what? I didn't even see the sign. And I'm like, it was right there. And we got closer and closer. And finally, we got right on top of it. And she's like, oh, I see it now. I was like, baby, you need to go get your eyes checked. So she went and gets her eyes checked. And, and uh, the day after, she was headed to work. And when she was going to work, she called me on the phone so excited. She was like, Jeremy, we got to get this. Man, I seen a puppy. And it's the prettiest puppy I've ever seen. She said, these people just got it. It's right here on the side of 25. I'm headed to work. It is so pretty. I was like, hold up. What were you talking about? She began to give me landmark where it was at. And I was like, baby, that, that, that dog's been there for six months. <laughs> it was the first time she saw it. It's like, thank you, Jesus, for our contacts, <laughs> you know, and for protecting me while she was driving. But see, a lot of us have been walking with God for so long that what happens is, 
is we begin to lose sight of what's most important. And our vision for God and the plan God puts in our life, it begins to get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And then we don't recognize when God's doing stuff in our life until it's right here in our face. And what happens, and if we're truly pursuing God, what happens is it, it helps us be able to see out in front of us. But you got to be pursuing God every day to be able to know what God wants you to do. I mean, I remember praying, God, tell me what you want me to do. Pray, tell me what you want me to do. I was, so, I was so focused on what he want me to do, I was walking with my eyes closed. I was like a blind man. I mean, he was telling me what to do, but I was so blinded to what to do, I didn't know where to go. I was just like, I was just going in circles and frustrated. There's a lot of you in here that are frustrated with your walk with God because you don't have, you don't have any vision. You don't know where to go. You don't know what to do because you've been, all right, I got to do this. I got to read, read God's word. I got to spend 30 minutes in prayer. And I got to do a devotion. And you've been doing that. You've been doing that. Maybe not that older, but you've been doing that. And you hadn't seen no, any fruit of that because what you're doing is you've made following God about rules and not about a relationship. And he wants you to spend time with him. Not just talk to him, but let him talk to you. And when he talks to you, that's when you're t- it's time to act. See, vision allows us to really see what he wants us to do. I want, you, I want you to know, we only have one life, right? One life to live. A lot of us squander this life on what we want in our pursuits instead of really saying, God, what you want me to do for your kingdom? How can I make your name great? That's our purpose, right? It, God, didn't, God didn't allow you. He didn't, he didn't want you to be born. So you can just be here, you know, have, have, have a chance to go to heaven and, and just live your life, have plenty of land, have plenty of money, have plenty of houses, have all these things. These things are, are good amongst themselves, but when you replace God and you pursue these things more than God, it's saying, God, you know what? what's more important to me is the right here, right now. And I don't value you nor eternity. See, God, God-given vision gives us that. See, one thing about vision is it gives us action steps. What, what's next? What we need to do? When, when, I, when I got married, me and Sabrina, we were, not, we were not following Jesus. We were lost, we were religious, and we didn't know what it meant to follow Christ. My marriage was not about Jesus. It was about me and what satisfied me. And, her, and, and, her, and it was about her and what satisfied her. And then when, when, when the things that satisfied her and the things that didn't satisfy me, when them things were in conflict with one another, guess what? There was problems in our marriage. She was going one way and I was going the other. Anybody relate up in here? And when, and when, you, and when and that's happening, what's happened, you've got both of you got different vision for your life. My visions, my vision was, my God was hunting and fishing. And, that, and she, was a, she was a hunting uh, seasoned widow most of the time. And, and so I was gone. And her vision for, for a marriage was a man that was there spending time with her to love and appreciate her. And I wasn't fulfilling those things. But see, when I got saved and then she got saved, we both were pursuing the same thing because we were pursuing God. And when both of you are pursuing God, when you're pursuing his heart for your marriage, you got that vision. You're together. It makes life easier. It makes marriage fun. But see, until you have that God-given vision for your marriage, you're not going to... What's going to change your marriage right now? If both of you get on the same page, you know know what? We're going to start pursuing God together. That's That's what's going to change it. You just don't stumble into a godly marriage. 
It don't just, you don't wake up one day and it just happens. You don't just wake up one day and, and, and you just, you, you know, your wife's praying over you. That just don't happen. It happened for me anyway. You know, it takes, you have to be intentional with, you have to nurture that. If you want that, if both of you want your marriage to represent Jesus Christ dying on the cross to save both of you from your sins, if you want your marriage to represent Jesus' love for the world, then it takes intentionality and sacrifice. More sacrifice than intentionality. But that's the thing. What's the vision for your marriage? What's the vision for your life? Because if it is to please God, then you, your, your priorities will match up. And it won't be about me and my selfish things. It'll be about, all right, God, what do I have to do today to please you and please my wife? And I'll be honest with you, that's the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Especially now since we have a son. I come home, when we were, when we were, just, we were just me and her at home, and it was easy. That was easy. Come on, what you doing? I don't know. You want to eat? Let's, let's eat the sandwich. Let's do something. It didn't matter. But now we got we got an 11-month-old at the house, and she's home with him. So I'm getting home. I've, been, I've worked 12 hours. I've been in the sun all day long. I get home, and she is at her wit's end because he's been screaming all day. And I walk in the house, and I'm like, and God had to get me this, this week. I walk in the house, and it's like, I just want to sit down. I'm aggravated because nothing went right at work. I just want to get something to drink, and I just want to take these nasty shoes off. That's all I want to do. I go in the house, and Sabrina's standing there with this look. You know what I'm talking about. And I was like, and instead of saying, I wanted to go and go into the bedroom and shut the door. But instead, I looked at her and I said, baby, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? Because God convicted me. Because if we're godly men and women, we got to serve each other like Christ served the church, right? So I went in there and I took my little son and I began to spend time with her. I said, baby, go do something. You go, 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 go do whatever you want to do. I, I got him. See, men, it takes that. But see, if my vision for my marriage was about me pleasing me, then I would have went on in and done something and she would have been aggravated, frustrated, and she, and not, she wouldn't have felt like she was valued a bit. That's the one time I got it right. <laughs> it's a struggle. But the thing is, if your vision is on God, your, your whole, whole, whole life, whole outlook is pleasing God in every aspect. It's putting you second and putting God first. And that's what it's about, right? You know, how about godly children? How about, how about what's the vision? Do you have a vision for your children? Those of you that have children. That was the hardest thing when I started writing this. I, God was laying this on my heart, and I was like, God, he's 11 months old. What's your vision for him? When he was in the womb, me and Serena were praying like crazy for him to be healthy. For, you were praying for all these things. But I remember praying that God would use him in a mighty way. And, and, in, that, and in that, God said, well, even if, even if I take him out and it brings me glory, are you okay with that? And I was like, at that time before he was here, I was like, yeah, I'm good with that. Now we're praying, and I'm like, I got this, Lord, whatever is your will is your will, you know. And I'm praying for God's will to be done in my son's life. But let me tell you something. He, he don't just wake up loving Jesus, does he? Like some of you think you wake up awesome. You don't, okay? <laughs> you don't. In your own eyes, you may do, but you don't. 
You don't just wake up loving Jesus. And it takes pouring into your kids. So if I really want my son to love Jesus as much as I do, then I have to spend not only times loving my wife when I get home from work, but then also pouring into my son when I get home. If my vision is on Jesus Christ and, and raising up disciples for him, that's what I have to do. That's what we have to do as, as parents, as grandparents, pouring into our family with the gospel of Jesus Christ because he's the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? No one gets to the Father except through him. Good deeds, being a good child, being, being, having great homework, all that doesn't get him there. It's all if you're pouring into him. Do you have a vision for the lives of your children? It's a sobering thought. God's really been laying that on me. Most people don't have it. We have, we have, a, vision for their, we have a vision for their college fund, their birthday parties, how about their walk with Jesus? Oh, we're pouring into them. How about, how about a cry? How about you? Do you have vision for your relationships that you're in? Not just, not just your, 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 your uh, boyfriend-girlfriend relationships, but I'm talking your relationships, period. Do you have a vision for those things? So if you don't have vision for your life that is God-centered and glorifying God, then you'll allow, you won't, you'll allow anybody into your life. But if you have a God-centered life, approach on life, then anybody that does not come into that, you don't allow in. I don't know how many couples that I have, met, that I have ministered to and talked to that they got into the thing and, and, and it wasn't working. You know why? Because one was wanting to serve Jesus and the other one didn't believe in him. There's conflict there because you're going two different directions. And I, I, and I don't know how many people I've told that. Like, look, you're dating this person. They don't love Jesus. You need to find somebody. They're great people now. Don't get me wrong. They're good. That's a good old boy right there. But you know what? He don't know Jesus. So you need to go find you a good old country boy that loves Jesus. And I know that you've been far between. I know you've been waiting for, since you've been 26. I know. <laughs> I know. But Lord, for the love of Jesus, please, please find a man that loves Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I mean, let's, let's, let's be real. If that's what we want, if our vision for our life is to please God with everything, then it, we, it will encompass everything in our life. And we want our relationships to please him. I mean, we, we won't allow friendships to be too strong with people that aren't following him that will pull us away from God. When, I've met, when I first started following God, I began to have to, to back away from friends that, that were pulling me away from Jesus. Did that make me better than them? No. It just says, you know what? My life doesn't circle around you anymore. It's about Jesus. And you know what? If I, need, if I need to change that and I need to spend more time with God than I do with you, and if you're mad about it, don't be mad at me. Be mad at Jesus because he's the one that's got my heart. You know what I'm saying? We got to be real with people. And you know what? When people see that, you know, you didn't just drop them like a bad habit. You told them that, look, the stuff you're involved in, I cannot be around because I'm following Christ. So you know what? It's either come on board with me or go on the way you're sailing. And we start making those bold steps. People will see that you're real about it. In our relations, how about our work life? Do we have a vision for our work life? Do you go to work every day with a vision to impact the people around you? Come on. Some of y'all are like, man, I'm just wanting to survive. Uh, my vision is five o'clock. <laughs> uh, you know, when I clock out, that's, that's all I'm thinking about. I want to get my stuff done and get out of there. But the reality is God's placed you where you are for a reason. 
God's placed you where you work for a reason, even though the people you work around are hard to work with. Let me tell you, he put you there for a reason. For you to show the love of Christ to those around you that don't know what that love looks like. And, and so in that, you have to plan to be an influence. You have to be intentional with that, amen? You know you're finna go into this board meeting or you're finna go into this meeting and there's gonna be this person over here that's gonna, they're gonna drop the F-bomb at least five times in there. You know it. You gotta, you gotta go on in there with the, with the mental saying, all right, how can I change this meeting from, from this bad to good? But if you don't have godly vision, you just go in there, you'll keep your mouth shut and you'll get out and you won't make any eternal difference. Godly vision gives us that. You know, as I begin to think about vision and think about all these things, see, David's vision caused him to say no to Saul's armor. And having a godly vision, knowing that you're pursuing God, it, it helps you know what to say no to. Amen? See, a lot of you don't know what to say no to or who to say no to. But if your vision is on God, if it's focused on him, if it's about doing things for Jesus Christ, then guess what? You know who to say no to and what things to say no to. It helps you simplify your life. You've been complaining that your life's too complicated. You know why? Because it's your own fault that you ain't been focusing on Jesus. Because it allows you to start shaving off the stuff that don't matter. See, vision helps you see around the corner. See, David... He had his eyes on God and he saw victory and it gave him the courage to go against the greatest giant that he ever would encounter. And some of you need God's eyes this morning to see where you are right now, how you can get over this hurdle to get the victory, amen? How can I be that? You know, he's up there talking about having godly vision, being the influence. How can I even get there? It takes one step at a time. Being faithful today and then tomorrow. But you won't be that way if you're not focused on the cross and focused on Jesus. See, vision changes us and it changes how we approach life. My buddy Jonathan, from a kid, was blind. He had glasses on that were so thick and he still could barely see. And I remember the story that he told that um, we, 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 we grew up through, you know, grew up since we were kids together and he didn't have glasses. They didn't know that he, they didn't know that he couldn't see. I mean, he was just wandering down the hall and just be bumping into stuff and they finally was like, you know, maybe his eyes are bad. <laughs> After you bump into the refrigerator a couple times, you know, it's a red flag. They get these big old glasses on Jonathan and, and he, he comes in and before that moment, before they gave Jonathan glasses, he just didn't have a lot of expression. He didn't, he didn't, he just, he just kind of just droopy. You know, he just didn't, he wasn't really excited about stuff. It was just kind of mundane. You know why? Because he couldn't see what was around him. But when he come back with them glasses, he was like, Jeremy, that tree's got leaves on it. I was like, yeah, man, I know. <laughs> it's always had leaves on it. Yeah, but, but look at this grass. Look at this grass, man, look. I was like, well, yeah. What's the big point? He said, man, you don't understand. Before... It's just like a big old blob of green. Before that tree was just a, it was just like a, a, a big old brown something would, it was just blurry. I couldn't tell, I couldn't see. He said, but now I see. And now he, and he was excited about life. See, when you can see, you begin excited about what's coming down the pipe. Amen? 
And a lot of you, you're not excited about life because you've lost the vision. You don't have passion about Jesus because you don't have vision. You don't see Jesus high and lifted up. You don't see him as as the God that that saved you from your sins. You don't see him as those things. A lot of times you see him as somebody that's going to force you to change if you decide to be obedient. But see, God challenges you when you can truly see. It changes your aspect. It changes the way you see things. I'm going to close in this. What gives you the vision? Hebrews 12 says this. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses, cloud, sorry, let us throw off everything that hinders us, that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand, the right, right, the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition for sinners, so that you will not grow, will not grow weary and lose heart. When I read that this week, man, it just spoke to me. You know, I want you to understand that it's a race. For every one of us in this room, you're on a race. You're on a path. And either you're on a path that that ends in destruction or either you're on a path that leads to an everlasting eternity with the God that made you. And what he's saying is like, look, there is an end to this. There's a clear beginning on a walk with God, and that's the moment of salvation. When you start following Jesus, it's bam, okay, I'm on this race. I'm running a different race now than I was before. This race gives me purpose. This, this, this race gives me meaning. But if I'm going to do this, i got to keep my eyes on Jesus. Amen? And as you're looking at that, it's a clear path to run in. It's a clear path running. How do we run this race? For you? We got to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. He gave us his words so we'll know how to run this race out, how to have vision. You just look at Jesus. You love people the way Jesus loved people. You forgive people the way Jesus forgave people. You see people the way Jesus saw people. And when you look at life through the lens of Jesus Christ, as you run this race, race you will not fall off and you will not get faint-hearted. Because when you love people, when you care about people, when you walk away from things that don't matter, there's a lot less drama and stress in your life. Because why? Because you're following Jesus. See, the reason a lot of us are so confused and so messed up because we're trying to remain in control. We're trying to decide which way to go. And Jesus is like, look, you just follow me and it's all going to work out. There's a definite path. And in order to finish the race, you have to desire to run. There's never been a person that I've ever seen win a race that started and then refused to finish and got a trophy. That's the thing. You don't just raise your hand and say, yeah, I want to follow Jesus, and you never walk in that way. From the moment that you made a commitment to follow Christ, have you been following Jesus? Because if you haven't, then you don't really know him. 
there's a clear path. Amen? There's a clear direction. And you have, to, you have to desire to finish. You have to stay focused and let nothing to get in your way. That's why he says to, 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 get, to throw off everything that hinders you so you can, that easily entangles us so that you can continue on. What's holding you up, Christian? What's keeping you back from being what he's called you to be? And the last thing is there's a clear end to the race clear end you will finish you will finish one day but how will you finish how will you finish if you're focused on Christ you know what you're going to hear when you cross the finish line well done my good and faithful servant but when your vision when your eyes are fixed on all this stuff of this world pleasing all these other gods instead of the one true God. When you take your last breath, you're going to hear Jesus say, depart from me, I never knew you. And I know we grew up in the South, and I know where every, every one of us, had, has heard, we've heard these fire and brimstone messages where you better turn or you burn. The reality is this, hell is hot and hell is forever, but it's an eternity separated from God. And either you're going to serve him or you're not. And if you're not serving God, the reality is you're not going to go to heaven. Why would you want to go to heaven if you're not serving God? So if you want to go to heaven, if you want to to experience peace to go beyond understanding, you have to get on the right path and start following Christ. See, a lot of you like this whole, the the story we heard from from, from children, and I'll close out. Remember that story of the tortoise and the hare? remember that story I hated that story as a child didn't make sense to me you're supposed to run fast you're supposed to win right I mean, that's, what, that's what they tell me anyway so this, 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 this rabbit is running and he's out sprinting but the whole time it was like hey look at me hey watch me so he stopped a little bit it wasn't about finishing the race so he just stopped and went to chilling over here on this side for a minute and then he noticed that steady little turtle he, was, he kept his eyes you know they said I wouldn't win but I'm going to finish they said I wasn't going to be I'm not good enough but I'm going and he kept going just as steady and when the rabbit seen the turtle get close to him he took back off again he get to another spot and he, he darted off on the side and he began to eat and sleep and anyway that routine kept on the whole race and what happened at the end of the race is the rabbit was asleep knew that he had the race won. Knew that it was done. He was just, it was okay. And that little turtle snuck right on by him and won the race because he was focused. Because he was intentional. Because he knew the only way that he was going to make it to that finish line was if he kept his eyes on the prize. And the rabbit was a lot like a lot of us in this room. It wasn't we got, we're confident that we're going to finish this race. But how we finish it determines on what you're focused on. Billy Graham could preach a message and your heart be hard. Stephen Furtick could be here this morning. And if your heart's really not wanting to serve God, then that, he could jump up and down and do whatever and it don't matter. The reality is, 
if you want to have that relationship with God in which you can put your arms around him and you can lay your head on his shoulder and you can rest in security of knowing that he's got you, the only way that happens is if your eyes are focused on God. And if your eyes are focused on God, if you're running the race for Jesus, not for you, then if you're running that race for Jesus, guess what? Every step you take is going to be intentional. Every decision you make is going to be intentional. Everything to give God glory. So I ask you today, how are you going to finish? Are you going to finish well or not? There's some of you in this room, you know, I don't even know how. I don't know if I'm on a race. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even have a clue how to finish this thing out. I don't even know what I'm doing. I just know I go to church. I know that I read my Bible every now and then, and I know that I pray when I'm in trouble. Let me tell you, you ain't on the path that keeps the eternal salvation. You're like the rabbit. You want to sprint, and then you want to rest. You want to sprint. You want to run when it's convenient for you, and God wants you to continually keep your eyes on him. And that's what a relationship with Jesus looks like. If you don't have that today, if you want that today, if you say, you know what, I want to know that when my time is up that I have finished the race well. If that's you today, I just want you to raise your hand so we can celebrate with you. Amen. 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 And for the rest of us, what's entangling you? What's, what's, what's keeping you down? If we all had godly vision, we turned this county upside down. Amen? But most of us in this room are a lot like I was this past week. We're looking at, uh, we're saying, yes, God, I want to do this. But yet when it comes time to do it, we don't take those action steps. So what's hindering you? Is it pride? Is it self-reliance? What's holding you down? What's holding you back? And if our vision, our mission is to reach people for Jesus Christ, then that means that I've got to be intentional with that, right? Amen? All of us do. So what's holding you back? What's keeping you from being the person God's called you to be? The altar's open. When I pray, I, I, y'all keep y'all come. Chase is gonna lead us in one last song before we leave out of here. It's up to you to take those steps. And that's your challenge for today. What needs to go? Maybe you need to put your spiritual eyes on today. Maybe you need to put your contacts in and say, God, help me see where you want me to go. Help me. Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now. So humbly and, uh, and God was just so so God desire to see you move in our hearts there's so many people that say you're supposed to do things this way or that way they put us in a mold they try to put you in a box but God you're not a God that can be put in a box so God mold us the way you want us to be molded show us Lord today what needs to go in our lives so that we can please you show us Lord what needs to go Show us, Lord, the things that we're tangled up in, God, that we need to be freed from so that we can be focused on you. God, I pray right now that you would show those of us in this room how we are running this race. Have we gotten tired? Have we stopped? Are we walking? Are we running? Lord, show us our next step. Give us the vision only you can give us. And help us, Father, stay focused on you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.